I get a little carried away sometimes. What can I say? This morning I was getting ready in my bathroom. I had the music there and I, it was my warm up. So, you know, I could go for a while. But we do have a new intro that's going to be rolling in soon. Might miss this music a little bit, but it's cool. You're going to be excited. Rolling out, I think, in the next couple of shows. So you'll see that. All right. So let me tell you what we're going to do today. We have a busy, busy, busy show today. I'm going to lay out what we're going to talk about, what we're going to dig in on. And then I'm going to tell you who this show is brought to you by because I care about your health and I want you in the best, best position to battle the matrix. We all know it's coming for all of us, so we better get healthy. All right. So today uh, you saw me go after Vice's panel on femininity. You saw that edited creepy. Then you saw me dig into the Vice documentary on Andrew Tate that wasn't a documentary and we all know now it was a hit piece. I broke down how that was a hit piece and why and what their agenda was. And now we see a Vice panel on masculinity or shall I say masculinity emerge because it was more in that vein. Let's just say that. So I'm going to delve into what they got wrong. If there was anything they got right, mostly what they got wrong. Topics like misogyny, Gender as a social construct, Drew Afwala style. Uh, absentee fathers, they did address, which I think is very important. The reason why Tate rose to fame, I think, can be implied from sort of some of what they're not saying. We'll dig into that. And why many of the men on the channel, on the panel, I should say, sound like brainwashed products of modern feminism. They sound like they ate the stuff, they chewed it up, they swallowed it, and now they're just spitting it out. I'm also going to dig into a video of a woman. I don't know if you've seen this viral video of a woman in a gym. She goes to the gym. She's crazy. Let's just say that. She is a perfect example of toxic femininity. She's convinced that some guy is checking her out, making her uncomfortable. She's out of her mind. But she's very emblematic of what's going on with a lot of modern women. So I'm going to play that. We're going to stop and go. We're going to go through the text. A lot of people were covering the video but not looking at the text. The text was wild. I mean, it's just like a crazy house everywhere. And then I'm going to close with some stuff on the Matrix. You need to understand what the agenda is behind these new smart cities. Have you heard of these smart cities? My friend Glenn Beck did a piece on that. Very, very important. We're going to get into that. And I covered a bit with Justin Waller and Sterling Cooper the other day about the digital vaccine infrastructure that's on its way and why that's relevant. I, there were a couple of things I didn't get to talk about that day. Um, I, I'm going to just dig in on that a little bit more because we also have some updates coming in today about annual COVID shots that are going to be recommended for the public that the FDA says are really good for you. So we'll get into that too. Oh man, man alive. All right. First, I have to tell you today's show is brought to you by Cosandrinos. This morning before I came, people asked, what do you eat before the show? Well, today I had some jerky. You know, I had some beef jerky and I had a beautiful avocado salad. And do you know what I drizzled all over that avocado? Cosandrinos olive oil. I love that stuff. Sometimes it's so delicious, I'm not kidding, that sometimes I will even put a spoonful into a spoon and I will just eat it. Just take it right down. I'm not joking because these are healthy fats. They're really important. Now, why do I like this company? Why did I partner with this company? I told you I was only going to partner with companies for, that, that have products that I use in my own home. This is the only olive oil I use in my house. I'm Italian. I know my olive oil. Why do I use this? Well, it's completely family owned and operated. This is not some corporate structure where you don't know what's going on. You don't have insight. Family owned and operated, veteran owned and operated. And this is 100% farm to table. The reason I like this, first of all, it's delicious. You will taste the difference right away. That is my promise to you. Secondly, what sets this, this olive oil apart is that unlike olive oil that sits on the shelves all the time and oftentimes goes rancid by the time it gets to your house, it's compromised by the light that it's exposed to, it's compromised by inadequate storage facilities and what the temperature does to the olive oil, it's compromised by the fact that it's sitting on the shelf for a year plus sometimes before it gets to your house. This olive oil, you are guaranteed when you order it on the website that you are getting that season's batch of olive oil, meaning high nutrient density, all the antioxidants are super potent. It's not been compromised by any weather conditions. It's not been compromised by any light conditions. And I'm telling you, as somebody who has only had organic olive oil for the last 20 years, when I started eating this, not only did I feel better, but man, everything tasted so unbelievably delicious. So let me go through some stats on this. This is very important. They use pesticide-free farming. That means no nasty chemicals to mess with your health. we got to keep you as clean and healthy as possible. Every batch goes through two independent third-party tests for quality and freshness. You can see all of those certifications on their website. Peak antioxidant absorption because you're getting that olive oil in its freshest state. Olives are hand-picked. How cool is that? As opposed to a machine going around, you don't know what's going on. Hand-picked olives from Greece, y'all. Oof. Delicious. 
Now, if you're um, worried about your diet, these are keto certified, these are paleo certified, certified organic cold pressed to preserve nutrients, no nasty chemicals, farm to table. So listen, I have a special offer for you today. You're going to get 25%. 25% off of your order if you go and you the code is Jedediah but you can in the description below you can go and you can click on that link it'll take you right over and it will activate that 25% off of anything I love the olive oil they also have some other cool products over there that you might enjoy I'm telling you though this stuff not only is it good it's healthy I'm telling you the matrix wants you unhealthy I am here to be their biggest nightmare so join me in Casadrinos let's get healthy all right Vice's panel on masculinity. <laughs> Let's start. Deli's here. By the way, this is a live show. Deli's here. He's going to be reading the chats. Super chats. Get on in. Get feisty. You will get red today. One announcement is the chat will be coming to me in the next few shows. At some point, I'm going to take over and I'm going to read those chats because I got to let you know, you know, what I find a little too feisty. Deli's very nice. I may not be so nice. So wait for it. <laughs> okay, let's get started. Let's go to 532. And I want you to just take a look to... Look at, scan the panel, just physically, the type of people that they chose to have on the vice panel, and we're gonna dig right in. Let's go to 532. Historically, being a man was rooted in patriarchy and misogyny, and now we realize how harmful that has been over the years, um, and so we don't really know how to define where we're supposed to be. And I think the reason, as they're saying, is a crisis is because the box has gotten so small for just being, say, straight, just being a hetero, right? Because if you do anything, women judge you. What do you mean anything? If I dance a certain way, or if I wear my hair a certain way, if I dress a certain way, they go, real men don't do that. Real men don't do that. And so you get scared to move a certain way because you don't want to get judged or outed out of the accepted part of your community. Um, and I think that that kind of has us in an uproar and we don't know where to be. Like, where's the safe place to be? For okay. men. So we can stop there. Um, first of all, in the second row, you'll notice there's a guy in a dress with makeup and all sorts of things going on. So, uh, you know, listen, I, I don't know what to say. And you will find out that that individual does not identify as a man, but identifies as non-binary something. I don't know. There was a lot of words thrown around. So like the terms were very specific, but it does not identify as a man. So I have to ask, if you don't identify as a man, what are you doing on a panel talking about masculinity? I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. That was, a, that was an aside, as they say. Okay. Um, so right here, we have a problem. Right off the bat, what bothers me about the panel right away is why are these guys so confused? Why are they allowing themselves to be so confused about how to behave? They, they right off the bat throw out the word misogyny. And that means misogynist is someone who hates women hates women. There is this sense that throughout history, because there were more traditional gender roles in households and society, that somehow that translates to people as men hated women. That is just inaccurate. <laughs> the vast majority of men did not hate women. What, what you had in society was an acknowledgement and a recognition that men and women were different. And a lot of people back then were very happy you have a lot of deeply miserable people right now. You have women increasingly on medication. We talk about anxiety drugs, antidepressants. Stress is skyrocketing for people, contributing to chronic disease. You have guys that are struggling in these, you know, you have kids, by the way, that are struggling in households with two working parents being pushed onto daycare. There are a lot of things going on in modern society that are not ideal. Nobody wants to talk about the reality that maybe having two parents working in a home and having all of these dynamics in terms of marital relationship shift as a result of modern feminism, maybe it wasn't all good that came out of that. Because if you look back, you had a lot of people that were happy. People say, oh, well, they weren't really happy. They were subjugated. Nonsense. That is such a line of garbage. All women were not subjugated, okay? I have family members, women in my family. You go back, they stayed home, they took care of their kids. They were very happy. So this is a nonsensical talking point that's thrown out there all the time. And this, this misogyny, misogyny. Now you have men grown men and that guy talking he's a strong guy he looks reasonably fit he's out there just regurgitating these feminist talking points oh men were misogynists and the patriarchy and maybe it wasn't misogyny doll maybe it was just that people had an appreciation for the differences between men and women in traditional gender roles maybe that was it unbelievable 
But the, the key point here for me is that right off the bat, you have a very confused male population. And let me say this, guys should not be confused. Guys also shouldn't be hyper-consumed with how do I behave? What do I do? If I do this, if I don't, if I don't dance right, is somebody not going to like the way I dance? I mean, this, these are telltale signs that you have completely lost your backbone and that you don't have a shred of masculinity left. Just live. Be confident. Figure out your sense of direction. Become financially independent. Find your way and you will attract individuals, women, who appreciate those things. But this lost in space, like I don't know how to behave, the reason that you're lost is because you're waiting for the Drew of Follows of the world. You're waiting for the next feminist publication. You're waiting for the next cable news or network TV story to tell you how to behave as a man. You are living based off of their cues. That's why you're lost. And guess what? If a man is lost and confused, he's not going to attract women. Women are going to sense that and be like, that guy's lost and confused. I don't need that. I need a rock. Mm -mm, I'm not signing up for that. Then you get yourself into a cycle as a man of being lonely, of being depressed. All that stuff comes from that. So what you're doing, guys, is you're internalizing all of this garbage. Oh, I don't know how to dance. How about you have your confidence, you go out, you dance, and the second you put out a vibe that you don't care how it's received, you're going to have women wanting to dance with you left and right. If you're all worried about how a woman's going to receive every single thing you do, you're not going to have any women coming your way. Mm -mm. They're going to be like, that's a coward over there. I'm going to pass. All right, let's go to 831. As you, someone who identifies as non-binary, how does this conversation strike you? Well, I think that it kind of becomes like irrelevant whether or not we attribute like having like a good ethical compass to being like masculine attributing that to like the gender constructs which we have made up which are like somewhat pointless like kind of just feed into needless roles that uphold the patriarchy without even knowing it a lot of those things are just things that people should be doing because they're like morally right like if you're in a family you should probably support your family and i really don't think that it has to do with like your manhood these characteristics <laughs> so that again talking about are so again this individual who does not identify, I guess, as a man, I don't know what's going on there, to be perfectly honest. I see a lot of confusion, but regardless, does not identify as a man, is saying, again, that we need to remove these structures, right? Oh, if you're in a family, just support that family. And this is a representation, this individual is a representation of someone in society who wants to stop acknowledging that men and women are different, Stop acknowledging that men and women have strengths and weaknesses that are grossly different. Stop acknowledging that men and women bring different things to the table. And then you just have this subjective everything, right? Everything's subjective. Oh, it's not about masculinity. It's just about qualities of a person. It's not about, you know, men versus women. It's about people. That's great, doll, but men and women are different. And when you look at a family structure, yes, men and women can absolutely and should absolutely support that family structure if that's their family, but men and women should support it in different ways because men and women aren't the same. Men and women have different strengths and weaknesses. Men and women don't bring the same things to the table. Men and women are intrinsically wired for different things. And if you don't access that, those differences, you're not going to have a complementary situation. You're going to have clashes. You're going to have pieces missing. All sorts of stuff's going to go haywire if you don't just simply acknowledge that men and women are best when they are complimenting each other and expressing their differences and that those differences are accepted and appreciated. So this is just this guy. I don't know what's I don't know what to say. Is it a guy? I don't know what to say. But this individual, let's err on the side of caution, is just saying be subjective. I don't want to be subjective because facts aren't grounded in subjectivity. I'm going to pass on that leftist jargon. Okay, let's go to 11-12. Me, I didn't really have it there. And it made me, it made me feel a way, but I think that I always wanted one. And so I wound up at a certain age going outside and trying to find what ma masculinity was outside. Mm, and so I went on the corner and there were 20 of us on the corner and none of us had dads. We were all messed up. And so we all taught each other the wrong way to love to be loved, and then I think in society there's way more people like that. And a lot of kids who don't have fathers in the home, excuse me, oh, no, no, um, look for that father in the world or in a different way. In different yeah. Way. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's pause um, this for one second because then we're going to have some 
debate that's going to come our way. This is very important, I think, uh, and a, a very valid point about fatherless homes. And I think it's interesting because what he's saying is that when you have men, boys, growing up in fatherless homes, those boys will crave that masculine energy coming in, that advice, that presence, that guidance, and they will find it somewhere else. Now, maybe they go out and they find it on the streets and that advice is corrupted in some way. That advice is unhelpful. This is why, by the way, you see people like an Andrew Tate rising to fame. Because there are guys who are growing up in fatherless homes. There are guys that are seeking a strong masculine influence, someone who can guide them to a better place. And here's this guy, Andrew Tate, Tristan Tate, stepping up and filling a void that does exist in men's lives. So that is absolutely true. And what, it, what is that guy saying? Get to the gym, work out, get those endorphins running. Don't allow yourself to get depressed. You are in control of your emotions. You can be in control of your life. Um, all of that stuff can be incredibly powerful for men, and they know it. Men know that when they don't have a father in the home, they're reaching. They're reaching. And the importance of male figures out there who can fill that void by just providing positive guidance to become the master of your own destiny, so to speak, is incredibly important and incredibly powerful. Now let's hear Griffin respond. The same one? Yeah, you can keep playing that one. You're gonna hear the response now. That's gonna First, be- I think that like, uh, attributing like proper family values to like a heterosexual couple with children is like, just not effective. Like I think that it's obviously like a heteronormative take to be like man and woman and then a child and that's how you create like a good family and whether it's like a single mother, single father or like a queer couple. Like I don't think that it's necessary to like attribute men and women to like certain roles in the household. I think that it's only due to nurture those gender norms that we follow. Again, this, is, this is, goes back to that conversation I had with Hunter Avalon the other day. Th th these people, and it's typically I would guarantee you, I, I don't know Griffin's politics, but I can take a good guess that Griffin is a leftist, um, at least to some degree, if not a large degree. But this is what they do. Again, it's not, for them, it's like, oh, it's not about men. It's not about male roles. It's not about female roles. This is all just culturally and societally handed to people. Nothing is intrinsic. It's all about nurture. And it's just not true. It's just not true. So you're not allowed to say in 2023 that the best case scenario for a child is to have a mom and a dad in the home. That is the best case scenario. You're not allowed to say that a single mom will face challenges, financial and otherwise, and that if there is a single mom, let's say there's a family and the dad, heaven forbid, passes away in that family. It is our responsibility to say that there needs to be another male figure that steps up to provide that male role model for that child. And I don't, if maybe it's an uncle, maybe it's a grandpa, maybe it's a friend of the family. Obviously, if there's a death in the family, that's not an ideal circumstance. But what we have now is a society that's idealizing broken homes. That's idealizing structures where there's a single mom or there's a single dad or there's not a mom and a dad in the home and saying, oh, this is ideal because we're going to just break that glass ceiling. We're going to break the gender norms by being different. Well, congratulations. By being different, you've potentially created a big problem for that child because children do best when there are male and female role models in the house. So if you're in an unconventional family, okay, you have to make up for that in some way, right? And it shouldn't be the norm. We shouldn't be encouraging single motherhood. We shouldn't be encouraging single dads. We shouldn't be saying, oh yeah, let's make that the goal. We shouldn't be telling boss babes, oh yeah, go through life and then just be a single mom. You don't need a man. First of all, you very much do need a man and you know that deep down inside. And secondly, your child needs a dad. So don't be selfish about your decisions and let's as a society stop idealizing these single mom homes, single dad homes, unconventional homes when we know that a home with a mom and a dad has a very big positive impact on a child. We know that, we know it. So again, there is a refusal to just face and acknowledge reality because folks, particularly on the left, want this subjective flow of everybody's welcome, everything's inclusive, nothing's bad, and it's just not factually based. 
So are we gonna are we gonna just live in the world the, the wonderful Wizard of Oz, or are we gonna look at facts and try to create the best scenario for future generations? Make up your mind. Okay. Let's go to fourteen oh five. Construct that benefits men. And so the responsibility that I've learned as I've gotten older is learning how to not enforce my power, learning over women, over people. You're saying that that role gives men more privilege, like an advantage and privilege. I'm saying that it is more self-sacrificing. I do not have free time. I do not have hobbies. I do not wake up during the day and do what I want to do ever. I'm thinking about my wife, my kids, my business. But that's your decision. And that's not like like a mandatory because, you know, Griffin's going to weigh in. Okay. There, the, the argument here is that there is a, the re, the, it starts off saying there is a social construct that benefits men, this individual claims. I would love to know what it is. What is the social construct that benefits men? Because as I see it, men in society have an enormous burden. They have the burden to provide. They have the burden to protect. And by the way, it's a burden that they welcome. They welcome masculine, confident, strong men want to do those things. But these things aren't easy. It's not like men are getting a pass in life. I was thinking about the other day. Uh, my husband and I were, we didn't get much sleep because the baby kept coming into the room. Hartley was not having a good night. He would just keep opening the doors, shutting the doors. So we were like jolted awake numerous times throughout the night. You know how it is when somebody wakes you up sometimes. Hard to get back to sleep. So we had one of those nights. I was exhausted the next day and when we were both very tired admittedly and when um it came time for Hartley to take a nap I was like babe I'm gonna I'm taking a nap I'm gonna drop I need to take a nap okay babe he said you know what you do what you need to do I said aren't you tired and he's like I am tired but I have to get some stuff done for us I have to you know x y and he ran a list of like what needed to be done and it's just different he has a burden of responsibility you ever see like a a, a car scene I remember my parents used to drive cross-country a lot they would drive from New York to Florida as well and I remember that my mom would get I would be in the back seat and my dad would be driving and my mom would get tired and guess what would happen my dad would be up for hours and hours and hours and hours driving and my mom would be little nap here wake up have a nice stretch maybe a little snack right we'd all have a little snack my dad's still up back in the car driving more my mom. Ah, maybe a little nap you know and that's just the way that it is and frankly that's the way that it should be but this idea that men somehow have it easy in life is just so inaccurate it's grossly inaccurate so there is not there is a social construct that calls upon men to to have a certain burden of responsibility that if they are men who've lived the right way and to have command of their lives, they will welcome that burden. But this idea that like men have an easier life is just such nonsense. I mean, think about the, the people you know. It's just not true. It's just not true. Let's play uh, Griffin's response there. We'll hit the play button on that same video. Anything of your masculinity. Well, it, if you believe that God is true, I don't. and you believe that he is God, then you do have that responsibility. What privileges are you, like, do you are referring to? Like, what privileges do, male, do men have? We've constructed this entire society to benefit us. Break it down, like, what privileges exactly? Like, we talk about the wage gap, or if you look at Roe versus Wade, men controlling women's bodies. Even if there might be those privileges, okay. there's also more so, men who commit... again... This guy on the end, man, is just, he just ate all the talking points. There is no gender gap. That doesn't exist. He, he didn't get that memo, though, because he was too busy. I don't know. Maybe he's watching CNN, MSNBC, talking about the wage gap. He was like, oh, my God, that sounds so unfair. Ah, oh, men used to be misogynist. I have to right these wrongs by becoming a feminized man. Not good. You're going to be lonely being a feminized man, too, because women don't like that. It's not appealing to them. But over and over and over again, you see this reaction. Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade is men trying to control women's bodies. No. Roe v. Wade is not about men trying to control women's bodies. Okay? It has nothing to do with The abortion rulings don't have anything to do with men. That is dealing with a human being growing inside of a woman's body and protections that can and should exist for that growing life. It's not about men. It's not about women. There's plenty of pro-life women out there. So stop trying to create this patriarchy all the time. I want to do like, you know, where is Waldo? I'm like, where's the patriarchy? Where is it? 
Honey, where's the patriarchy? Is the patriarchy in the film and television shows where they paint men out to be morons? And women sit and laugh and point, hee hee, oh, wow, look, it looks like my husband's so fat and useless. Ah, a bunch of like cackling hens. Is that where the patriarchy is? Where is it? Is the patriarchy when men go and bust their butts and work all day long and all night long to put food on the table and provide for their families because they want to, because they want to take care of their families? Is that the patriarchy? Where is this patriarchy that you talk about so much? I want to know. Where is Waldo? Where is the patriarchy? Nowhere. It's no, there is no patriarchy. It's 2023. Come on. Get a new talking point. Okay. What can I say? I get a little feisty sometimes. Um, again, too, Griffin, always trying to be like, it's not about men. It's not about... Yes, it is. Again, it is. Because, and I had this conversation the other day. People don't want to talk about biology. But testosterone fuels that ambition and that drive. I don't have, thankfully, would be a little odd if I did, the same testosterone as a man. I don't have that same drive. That I don't. And I'm not going to. And if you force it by societal standards, if you say, you've got to keep up with a man, you've got to go and it's a man's world and you've got to compete, you know what I'm going to be? I'm going to be exhausted and I'm going to be miserable, which is what you see all over corporate America when you talk to women. You do. Okay, let's go to 1445. We've constructed this entire society to benefit us. Break it down, like what privileges exactly? Oh, we like did this one. About the wage okay, we can go on the, I, can, I don't know if I can suffer through this guy regurgitating liberal talking points. So we're going to go to 16. Let's flip to 16. And pick me up. Are you going to pull? Are you going to walk on the outside of the sidewalk? Are you going to open the door? Are you going to pull out the seat? Are you going to pay for the meal? Are you going to be interesting during the dinner? Are you going to? Be funny during the dinner. And then when you walk home, are you going to drop me off? Are you going to watch me walk inside? And then are you going to text me after? And it's like, it's like trying to defuse a bomb. Like if you <laughs> think you like, you're like red wire, blue wire, and you're like one little thing and you're just done. And it's like, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm like, I'm so tired of like paying 150 for a first date. And then you just ghost me. I'm, and the next week, I'm like hurting for cash. I'm like, I could have really used that 150. Like, why did I have to? What you, you know mean? what I'm saying? Like, like, the trade-off of like going on a date and as the man being like, oh, this sucks, I have to pay. Or as the woman being like, oh, this sucks, I might get murdered. is like a pretty big, you know, You know, I, just, I, I don't even know what to say. Ladies, if, you, if you're going on a date with somebody and in the back of your mind, you're like, I might get murdered. Why are you there? Again, this is the infantilization of women. So now I'm supposed to believe that women have no responsibility at all in this process. Women aren't, if they're not, are they not adults at all? They can't screen a guy and be like, hey, I'm not going to go out and date this guy. He seems a little sketch. No, they just go and then what do they do? They sit at the five-star restaurant while everything's getting paid for and they're like, I might get murdered. This is a ridiculous assessment of what's going on in the dating world. It's this complete delusion. By the way, we're going to get to the chat after this. Are there chats? Do we have chats? Okay, we're going to get to the chat after this, just a fair warning. So it's ridiculous. And you know, it's interesting, this whole thing. Men used to do these things naturally, right? I remember my parents telling me a story. My dad and mom, when they met, lived in different places. I think my dad was in Long Island. My mom was in Brooklyn. or so, It was some story, I don't know. And my dad used to get on the train and go all the way to my mom, you know, pick her up take her out to eat they would go get back on the train bring her all the way back home I mean this was just how it was right guys didn't see that as a problem they saw it as just how it was supposed to be now things changed feminism drops a bomb on these guys all of a sudden they don't know whether they're supposed to be gentlemen or not sometimes you take a woman out you're a gentleman great sometimes she slaps you on the hand don't open the door for me I can do it myself don't try to pay for me I can pay myself so the difference between then and now is back then you had guys being gentlemen, but the women appreciated that. They weren't slapping you on the wrist for being a gentleman. There was appreciation, which then fueled more gentlemanly behavior because guys knew what their role was and women knew what their role was in terms of this guy is supposed to protect me. I shouldn't be getting on a train alone at night. He should be coming with me. And the guy knew I shouldn't be letting her get on a train alone at night. I should be taking her home. But everybody was a willing participant and understood and appreciated that. Now you got men getting this all the time, so they're lost. And you know what? I, I get what he's saying. 
you know, I do. In this day and age, you go out, you take a woman out, you do all these gentlemanly things, and then she ghosts you, disappears. It's a big joke. And I always tell guys, do these things, but do it for women who, who are going to appreciate it. Don't go out on a first date and be at the five-star restaurant and all the fancy stuff. No, you don't do that on a first date with a woman. You don't do that. And if she needs you to bring the fancy on the first date, she doesn't like you. She doesn't like you. If a girl really likes you, you could sit out in the middle of a field, look at the stars, and bring a, a you know something to drink. I don't know if you drink a snack, whatever it is, and have a, a picnic. And she will. That will be her best day that month, that year, in a long time. So the girls that need the fancy on date one, you're already off to a bad start. Mm-mm, no, you can sense that stuff too. And don't don't spend your money on people that don't have the character to appreciate that. That's why you got guys feeling resentful. That's what he's saying. He's resentful because it's not even appreciated. That's the way of the world. Okay, let's check in with the chat. Okay, uh, we have about two super chats. One is from Jen. Jen said the favorite advice she ever got from her pop is just to square away. And the last one we got from Jay Blaze. He said purpose should be a man's top priority. Doesn't mean his family isn't one. Woman's family should be her top priority. Doesn't mean she doesn't chase a career. Yeah, there's, every house is going to look different, right? But underlying all of the crazy is just the refusal to acknowledge that men are men and women are women, and they're different. It's just, it's just a reality. Okay. By the way, hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Don't be a stranger. Don't make me have to yell. Don't make Deli have to yell because, you know, Deli's got, you know, a bit of rage. I'm just going to say. <laughs> all right, let's go to 1920. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. absolutely. So, it, but that is when we talking about masculinity. That's what we've had. We've typically had that. We can do whatever we want, and we do it because we squeeze, we corrupt, we take. Historically, you take over things, places that you don't like, and you rape the women, and you take the gold, and you and you know you do what you want because you have that power. Now, when we see women have that power, we're like, whoa, she's literally just getting a taste of the power that men this have guy, had for centuries. I but want, the can someone do me a favor and find the history book that this guy read? I mean, according to him, all of the men were just, you know, uh, sexually abusive and they were all, you know, trying to enforce the patriarchy. They all were misogynist. They all hated women. This is ridiculous. Of course, were there bad actors that were men in the past? Yes. Is that representative of the majority of men no, this is so utterly ridiculous, but he is such a perfect manifestation of like a walking feminist talking point in a male body over and over and over again. What about all the guys that went and died in war? Did he miss that chapter in the history book? What about all that? I mean, it's just such a distorted sense of what men have contributed and just such a horrible view of men. This is what happens when men eat, swallow, and regurgitate feminism. You're seeing it in the flesh. Okay, 1948. Flip side of this perspective of dating, of like the poor guy who goes on these dates and gets ghosted and, and it's, it's a struggle to date. On the other side of that is uh, men have more sex, men cheat more, they have more affairs. So if I'm a woman and I'm looking for a guy, okay. um, I Let's would be really right there. So. I don't know. Maybe, maybe he's been very lucky in life. More power to him. But there is an epidemic of sexless men. There are so many men that aren't having any sex at all. They're not getting swipes. They're not getting any of that attention. So this idea that there's just men out there and they're all just, you know, getting sex whenever they want it and getting attention whenever they want. That is false. That is not happening. That is in the land of make-believe. That's just not a reality. There's a rising number of young male virgins who are virgins not by choice. And technology plays a role in that, a very big role actually, because technology has enabled women to get a ton of attention from men. And at the same time, technology has made it really hard for men. It has made it really, really hard for guys. First of all, their, their interpersonal skills are suffering. Guys used to be the ones that had to go over to you. And by the way, guys still are the ones that need to come over to you and start those conversations and ask you out and have the gutsiness and have, you know, some degree of, of confidence to do that. And now because they're all stuck inside phones, they're not even working out those muscles. So there's that deficit going on. 
And then there's the fact that women at the click of a button can have attention from hundreds of people on the internet like that. So they have this sense of like, well, I can get anyone I want. So now, you know, I want like an eight. Before, maybe I would have given that six, you know, a second, but I have all these eights in my Instagram wanting to get attention because I posted a bikini picture. So mm, too bad for you. That's just what's happening. Okay. Let's go to 2304. We gotta go to work and like if we're caught complaining about it, we're like admitting weakness, it's like you're not a man. How does that feel? It doesn't feel great, but that doesn't stop me from doing what I need to do. Um, if you talk about a little bit of pressure that goes with it, yeah, there's a little bit of pressure. If you can withstand it, you become a successful man. But what does that have to do with being a man? Like. Surely, like, a woman can do all those things, so why even attribute it to your gender? That's a good point, but I think also, um, if you're talking in terms of biological differences, generally, men are more logical, right? More reasoning, more... So, if you notice here, what's There's interesting no... is that Griffin has a hard time, Griffin is wearing the dress, has a hard time understanding that there are differences between men and women and has a hard time understanding. And it's interesting, everybody always says, well, point me to the study that says that. And you know what I say to that sometimes? The study is called life. Look around, you've been alive, I've been alive for 43 years. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that women are more emotional and men are more logical, practical. Does that mean every single person is gonna fit into that paradigm? No, does that mean that the vast majority of people will? Yes. I'm very comfortable making that assessment without citing a study because I've been alive and sometimes the study is called having your eyes and ears open and living. Okay? This is not rocket science. So the guy in the front who's saying if you complain it is a sign of weakness. But you know, you 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 pull yourself up by your bootstraps and you you achieve and that makes men feel good is on is on the money on that. We'll get into the complaining in a second. Let's go to uh, 2722 an important point about brotherhood. Agree with you on the on the fact about that pressure is causing. I think it's more the lack of support and guidance for a lot of guys. Like they don't know where to turn. Like they like a lot of guys. You know, suicide. I think is like when you lose hope, right? So they just don't have hope. Dude, what, is, what about them not to wanting to go get it? Because there's there's places to be. There's people to go. You can go to church. I mean, you can go to therapy. As there's much as you say that, but I don't feel like you know when when you say guys don't want to express weakness. I think taking that step is a, is hard for a lot of men. So it is hard. Not, it is hard. And I think that again, this is the vacuum. This is the vacuum that exists for men, which is fuels why the Tates have the following that they do, why something like the war room or something like the idea of brotherhood or there are multiple guys now that are doing these getaways where guys go and they work out and they, you know, I see them like climbing mountains and carrying big stuff and testing their endurance and they're doing it together for a reason because guys can push other guys in a way that women can't push guys why because women have a softness to us and I, I cite this story a lot when my husband's like you know if he gets up and I know he's had a long day I'm inclined to be like babe it's okay why don't you just hang out why don't you just you know I'm thinking like a like a woman I would need that rest and I'm like you know why don't you just you know and he's like I'm good I'm good I'm gonna run I'm gonna go to the gym but you know what's needed in those moments is man to man right and that's where he gets that from a guy he'll get on the phone with and we'll be like, get your ass down to the gym. You know, you're going to feel better. You know, whatever that message is, I don't know. But I, I can't provide that for him. I can provide other things for him. But that's where brotherhood comes into play here. And that's what men are missing. And they're not going to get that. They're, they don't, they're not going to get that from a one-on-one -on -one therapy session. What they're looking for is a, a group of guys who can remind you of your strength, encourage you to combat your weaknesses, encourage you to be strong when you feel tired and weak, help you to problem solve and figure out how to become that problem solver. All of that stuff is integral. And I think men can do that for each other in a way that women can't do for men in the same way that women sometimes can do things for each other. This is why you have female friends. And it again, men and women are different. It's underlying everything. Let's go to 2819. I did finally go to therapy and get the demons out that I needed to get out. Um, it, it took me meeting uh, 
a woman who actually made me want to love myself. You found a woman who gave you peace and, and changed you a lot. Well, great, if, if a man is dating a woman and she doesn't like that he's not masculine enough, it's kind of like, to me, I feel like too bad for him, he should go find someone else. That's part of the dating scene. Everyone has things that they like and things that they don't like. I feel like your preference so let me is your say, preference, the, but at the, like some the point find, The just find somebody else stuff, I can tell that's a young man. That is a product of this younger generation that is very bothersome because that's not how relationships work. That's not how they should work. It can't just be always that you have one foot out the door, there's a sea of options, and it's just somebody's not giving you what you need, so, oh, just find somebody else. That's counterproductive and hazardous to you. There are times in a relationship where you're going to need to sit down, and you're going to need to step it up. And I, let me speak as, you know, from looking at it like, a, like what a man should do. There are times when a man is going to need to look at that relationship and if, you know, their wife says something to them, they're going to be inspired by the love they have for that woman to bring more to the table, to step it up. They're going to say, this woman deserves X, Y, and Z. Maybe I have been a little this, I have been a little that. And that's, and that, that goes both ways, by the way. Then the woman will be inspired to step up for the man in other ways. That's what creates longevity in a relationship. It can't just be like, oh, just you don't want to be masculine for me. Okay, well, I'm going to go find somebody else. Like, that is an extremely, like, post-millennial way of thinking. And it's because of technology. It's because all of these people feel like you have the world at your fingertips. Everyone's still got the ex-boyfriend they can stalk on Facebook. You know what this one's doing. You know what the girl you hooked up with five months ago is doing. You know when she gets single, her status changes. This is all heavily dysfunctional stuff that happens now used to be that your past stayed your past. And then it was your present, and that present, if you wanted it to become your future, became your future, and the, the garbage from the past didn't recycle in, including on your phone or any of that nonsense. This is the way of the world now, and this is why people have deeply unhealthy relationships. Okay, 29.30 is a very important point. Do we have chats? Uh, we only have one. Okay, let's get to that, and then we'll go to 29.30. Okay. Rin Budin said, my father said, become a man when you've proven your own accountability enough that you can be trusted with the accountability of a spouse, children, and then the accountability of a society. Yeah, and that's true, right? You got to worry about yourself. You got to be able to take care of yourself or you take care of somebody else as a man. That's 100% true. Okay, get on in that chat. Those super chats will be read. If you have questions, if you have comments about this or what's to come. Wait till you see this video, by the way, that's coming. Holy mother of earth. Holy mother of earth. Okay, let's go 29.30. This is about complaining. Guys who complain to their girlfriend. How does that go? Let's see. 29.30. And the bad dates I've had is when I'm, like, talking about my problems. Mm. I'm complaining about something. I'm not going to see that woman. If I'm projecting more strength, and I'm, I'm more charismatic, I'm positive, I'm, I'm probably going to see that woman. So I, I think as much as, like, Guys, you know, you want guys to be vulnerable. That doesn't work a lot of times. And I think it just comes down to that. That's what I'm saying. That's what it is. Like, yeah. what I'm so saying. It sounds like a lot of you are saying that. This is, this is the lie that gets told to men, too, right? You hear, oh, women want a, a vulnerable man. They want a guy who shows weakness. They want someone who's going to be a human and show all that weakness. And then guys do that. And the woman's like, mm, maybe we should see other people. Why? Because that guy who just let it all out and starts complaining and starts stressing out about work or money and starts just vomiting out stress, all of a sudden to you doesn't seem sturdy. Does not seem like somebody that you can lean on. And you're sitting there saying, well, if he's having a nervous breakdown, <laughs> who's going to take care of me when I have mine in three hours? Because you know, as women, sometimes that happens, right? Sometimes the emotions kick in and we just need to do what we do. But you need that sturdy guy next to you. So guys are saying this advice that they're getting from the feminist movement, from the women's magazines, from the network TV, whatever it may be, it's not good. Women don't want that soft, stressed out, share your anxiety and your stress kind of man. That's not to say that you can't be human and you can't have those stresses, but what women really want is a problem solver, right? They want someone who's not going to crack every time something happens. Why is that? Because sometimes we crack. I do. <laughs> we want you not to. Somebody's got to not crack, right? Men and women are different. I should make a little recording. Men, you know how they like have those recordings that hypnotize people? I should put <laughs> one of those out. 
men and women are different. And just play that when some of these feminists are asleep. They'll wake up and they'll be like, what? Who said that? Did I? What? Hmm. Little voodoo. Okay. Let's go to uh, 3030. We have two more. And then we're going to get to the, the video on the girl. To be whoever you want without society telling you, you have to be this way in order to fit in this box. Pressure is on, like, the body. Like, pressure is to be buff, to, like, look good. There is a certain pressure, I guess you can call it, for guys to look a certain way, especially if they're trying to attract women. So I think it comes down to just men who look a certain way tend to look more competent. They can protect. I was just going to add on to what you were saying. If a guy looks fit, if a guy looks strong, okay, as a girl, she's probably thinking, if I'm on the street, and somebody tries to do something to me, I know that he can handle it. You know what's I interesting about this? Like I don't need to play the full thing. They have this conversation about, you know, men's strength and what it means to, you know, why it's important that you're a guy, you go exercise, you, you read as physically able to protect your woman, all this stuff. And nobody has a nervous breakdown on the panel. If that had been said on an all-female panel, it would have been like, what? you're body shaming me. What do you mean? Are you saying that obesity isn't healthy? Why would you say that? Does somebody have a tissue? It would be a meltdown of drastic proportions. But it's interesting that all the guys here can actually get on board with just the factual reality. There's even one guy that jumps in and says that he had trouble getting a girl because he was too skinny. He's just like, yeah, they would say you're too skinny. But he's not having a mental breakdown about it because he knows that skinny isn't attractive to women in many respects because they feel like then you're not sturdy for them. They feel like they can't lean on you in the same way and they're worried they're walking down the street with you, you're real skinny, you don't exercise, you're not athletic, all this. Somebody comes out trying to cause trouble. They don't, women don't wanna be the one to have to say, honey, just stand back, I got this. <laughs> and if they do that, y'all are in trouble, all of you. So I just thought it was interesting that you didn't have an emotional breakdown in the male panel like you had on the female panel. Isn't that shocking? Here comes the hypnosis read. Men and women are different. I'm telling you, I can make a lot of money off that. Just saying. Okay, let's go to our second topic. Get in the chat. Don't forget, first of all, hit subscribe, hit like, get into the chat. No, we're going to go to number two, Deli. We're going we're gonna to get off this video that's driving us all crazy now. We've seen enough of Vice. Bottom line is that Vice, Vice cajoles to tell me about your story. Just stop it, man. Honestly, that moderator, too, is just like, rah, 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 sometimes. All right. Vice does what Vice does, right? It does what it does. Okay, let's go to number two. This girl, this went viral. Don't even start. Girl is in the gym, and she has a little something set up to record, right? You ever seen these girls in the gym, by the way, with the tripod set up? I mean, just come on. Doing everything but exercise. Anyway, she's got this set up, and she's trying to make a point. So the title is, This is How to Not Approach Girls at the Gym. I may pause this as we go so I can tell you what's going on on the screen. So let's see what she does. Let's go. How to not approach girls at the gym. I hate this. I hate this. I hate women. I hate it. It's so uncomfortable. Feral, 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 feral. Like fucking feral. She's talking about that guy in the back. There's mirrors everywhere, so it's like you can easily catch Let's pause this for a second. It says contemplating screaming bloody murder to make him go away. She's talking about that guy in the back. Okay? There's a guy in the back who's just doing this. Right? Pay attention to the guy in the back and her unhinged reaction to it. Let's go. Nothing. Okay, we're gonna move on to the 35s now. I want you to watch very carefully. Do that. It's okay. It no, no, it's okay. I got it. Thank you, though. See what I mean? 
Let's go to the gym with girls. Why don't you go with some girlfriends? This is ridiculous. I'm glad I ran it. Let it rent. Does she look unsafe to you? Okay, so let's just say straight up, this woman is unhinged. She's unhinged. She is so committed to this talking point that she's so, she is hungry to be harassed so she can make a point about it. Nobody in that gym was harassing her. Maybe the guy was looking at you, honey, because you had a camera on and he was trying to figure out what is she doing over there? Is she recording? Sometimes I'll go to the gym and I'll see these women giant tripods pretending to do a squat that they usually do wrong so that they can get the perfect angle they'll do one squat no no i didn't get it they're only doing it for the camera and sometimes i'm looking at them like like this for a while like is this really happening right now maybe that guy was just curious like what's going on over there she looks like she's talking to herself maybe he was thinking hey i'm in the gym with a psycho Hmm, look at that psyche over there. Hmm, does she need help? Is there something wrong? Should I call someone? Is there something? Hmm, maybe she needs help. What's going on? Or let's say he was even just checking her out for a minute. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Someone, someone fanned me off. This is just terrible. Give me a break, honey. Give me a break. Now, what are some of the things she says? She says she feels unsafe. How do you feel unsafe in the gym? Honey, let me ask you something. If you felt so unsafe, why didn't you leave? You felt so unsafe that you had time to record that whole video. Interesting. Liar. Here's what it says on the screen, by the way. In quotes, I hesitate to grab my weight because him standing directly in front of me made me extremely uncomfy. I like the abbreviation of uncomfortable to uncomfy. really gives it a little edge, don't you think? You felt so uncomfortable. Why didn't you move? Why didn't you move? You felt that uncomfortable, but you stayed in that spot the whole time. And don't think we don't know that you wanted him to walk over so you could get another sound bite out of it. She says, he was only working out behind me to go up to me because I was at the squat rack all the way in the corner of the gym to avoid weirdos like this. She even says at one point that she needs an all-female gym. Well, why don't you belong to an all-female gym, I ask? Why? It would be a really quick fix. Go to an all, I guarantee you, by the way, honey, you go to an all-female gym, there will be somebody there that will be looking at you just because you're acting weird. If you start recording yourself, they might turn around and glance at you. Is that harassment from women too? You, you're going to start shouting that all the women want to sleep with me too? I just mean, must be too sexy. There's something wrong with you, girl. There is something wrong with you. She then says, what if I just ripped his pee-pee out of its socket so he could never reproduce again? This is why I don't want kids. Natural selection better take those weirdos out. He's going to jail for staring at an underage 21-year-old. This is a psychotic woman that has been brainwashed by feminists to somehow now think that because a guy glances your way, he's somehow harassing you or going to assault you or going to damage you or even interested in you. How do we even know he was interested in you? Like I said, maybe he was just looking at her because she was acting real weird. I don't know about you, but when I walk into a space and I see somebody out loud talking to themselves, I might glance their way and be like, hmm, maybe there's a psycho here. Okay, whatever. Maybe that's what was going on. What I love is the part where he comes over to help her with the weight. And she's like, she suddenly gets nice. Oh, no. It's okay. I'm really fine. I really need it. What is the problem with that? Maybe he saw you were struggling with that weight. And he was just like, hey, let me help you out. And I can't do that. This is why, this is the, what I'm talking about. This is the slap on the wrist. This is why men don't want to be gentlemen anymore. Right? And now you'll have another girl in the gym. Fast forward three days. She'll be doing that. And, and the guy won't help her. And she'll walk out and make a video. She'll be like, I was in the gym. You see this big guy behind me? I was trying to lift a really heavy weight and he didn't even offer to help me. And now that guy will be painted as bad. In the meantime, three days before, he went to help some woman and he got this. Because she was like, I can do it myself. I don't need you. Do you see the mixed messaging that goes to men these days? They don't know what to do anymore. 
Here's what I say to men. Stop worrying about what women do or don't want you to do. You do the right thing. You do the right thing. I'm going to teach my son. You open doors. You open those doors, and if somebody gets offended because you opened a door, you smile and you politely open that door for the next woman. You don't change your behavior based off some psycho in a gym like this. This is what toxic femininity looks like. We all talk about toxic masculinity and all that. Well, let's talk about toxic femininity. What is that? Well, that is this. That is this woman in a gym who wants to paint some guy standing behind her as somebody who wants to do harm to her or who's harassing her just because the guy is looking her way every now and then. She's completely victimizing herself when there's no crime and there's no problem here. And she wants to be able to claim that victimization when it suits her, right? So she wants to, in, in the same breath, say, I feel unsafe, I feel unsafe. And then when he comes over and he says, hey, do you need some help with that weight? I don't need you. I'm a big, strong woman. What do you think? Mm, honey, make up your mind. You're just looking for attention. You are just looking for attention. Toxic femininity is attention-seeking women. That's what it is. And they will paint a narrative that fits them in the moment, and they will drop that narrative the second it doesn't fit them. If you think this woman was scared, I have a bridge to sell you. There's a little pot of gold at the end and a little leprechaun there, too. Okay. The best is at the end, too. She says, adjusting my shorts because I think I'm the problem and blaming myself because of the deep-rooted misogyny I was brought up with. If you go into a gym, by the way, half-naked, and people look at you, man, woman, or child, or dog for that matter, maybe you're walking around half-naked and that's what happens. So, if a woman walks in, I'm not attracted to women. If a woman walks into my gym and she's half-naked, I go, wow, that's... What is she doing here? Is this, am I in a gym? Did I accidentally step onto a street corner I wasn't supposed to? Like, that happens, right? You've seen them. Don't even try to tell me that women who wear skimpy clothes in gyms aren't looking for attention. Give me a break. Give me a break. You, and you know the type, right? They put on the makeup, the hair's all done. The, it's like matching outfits, skin tight, the boobs are coming out, the, the butt cheeks are coming out. Now they've got the, the, the leggings that scrunch in all the certain spots to accentuate the butt. And if you happen to look their way, they're like, oh, I feel unsafe. You know what? Go act out that scene for somebody else. That was a poor, not Oscar-worthy performance right there. You're looking for attention, you got attention, and now you get to play victim and complain about the attention. Go to an all-women's gym. You don't see them at an all-women's gym. No, what would be the point? They wouldn't get to strut around and get all the attention and then go home with a story, right? Then they call their friend. They're like, oh, my God, it's like you can't even work out anymore. You can't even work out anymore. It's like everybody stares. It's just like it's guys are so lame. Meantime, there she is doing the squats, bending over, boobies out. And every time somebody looks her way, she's like, mm. it's all a trap. It's all a trap. Toxic femininity. Let's start using that word, make the feminists mad. They'll be like, oh, oh, please. Okay. <laughs> we have chats? Uh, yeah, but you want to know something funny about this girl? Yeah. She has an OnlyFans. <laughs> Shocking! <laughs> Sh I tell you, I am so surprised. And you know what? If you go on there, but she got a different attitude too. Mm -hmm. But she's got a different attitude. She'll be on there and suddenly, because then it's about taking your money. People should go on there and not give her money and be like, I thought you didn't want attention, honey. Bye. It's all, it's all an act. Drama queens. I can't stand a female drama queen. I really can't. All right. Let's do, we have chats? Yeah, we have one let's chat. Let's do the chat and then we're going to go to WEF because you won't believe this. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we have a chat from Jen. She said, Jed is like Roe v. Wade versus the draft. Pick your poison because we're off the hook on one of them. I didn't have to sign up for conscription. Neither did you. Unbelievable. Thank you all for listening today to all this. This is crazy what's going on. This is crazy what's going on. Okay. I got to get to some Matrix stuff because they're coming for you, and this is really important. You like meat? You like dairy? You like uh, having more than 2,500 calories a day? Maybe you like to buy more than three items of clothing a year. Do any of you own a car? Maybe you'd like to keep it? Oh, well, that's going to be a problem for you with the WEF agenda. All right, Deli, we're going to go to, um, you see that tweet? It's number three. Yeah. It's from Glenn Beck. Yeah. Okay, we're going to play that. I'll tell you when to stop. Let's play it.
and the World Economic Forum calls them smart cities, which seems great. Progressive urban designers, like the UK headquartered uh, ARUP group, they have their own section on the WEF website. They're gaming what smart cities might look like. It's kind of exciting. What would life be like in these cities? Well, here you go. Their plan for 2030, your family will eat zero amounts of meat and zero amounts of dairy. Each person will be restricted to 2,500 calories a day. What? Each family member will only receive three new items of clothing per year. This is on the World Economic site. There will be zero privately owned vehicles. This article on the uh, website actually quotes Klaus Schwab and his references uh, in the fourth industrial revolution. They talk about utilizing technologies like 5G, quantum computing, artificial intelligence for, quote, reshaping the built environment. Okay, so this is Glenn, by the way. By the way, uh, props to Glenn. Um, Glenn has been talking about this stuff and what the global elites want to do for a very long time. People called him nuts when he first started talking about this. They were like, conspiracy theorist Glenn Beck. Now they're all like, uh, hmm, when are these people coming for my car? Mm -hmm. So let me just let me just lay some of this out for you because you know people in the the red pill political space have been talking about this for a long time. Sterling Cooper, by the way, is very plugged into this stuff. Go follow him on Twitter; you'll see that. Um, Andrew Tate is very plugged into this stuff. That's why he was tackling the climate agenda because this is how it's going to come down the pike. I want to just warn you: the first step of any takeover of your freedom is that they monitor you. They don't tell you what to do. They just monitor your behavior. And they say, no, this is just to offer advice. This is just to help you get on a better course. We're just gonna offer some tips for you. Once you bite that little nugget, chew it up and swallow it, and you're like, oh yeah, the government, the global elitists are looking out for me, they've got you in. Because what that then turns into, it goes from monitoring and giving you advice to now mandating. Now suddenly your behavior, they make some recommendations and you decide not to follow them whatever it may be, driving less because your carbon emissions are too high, eating less meat because that affects the environment negatively, so they claim, whatever it may be. Now you're not following the tips, so now they have to enforce those rules. And because everything is digital and you are wired into some digital framework, they can easily cut off this or that, or they can punish you by saying, okay, you're registered here and your face is here, and when you check into this counter, you pop up and we see you know, a, a register of everything you purchase. So now we're just going to not let you buy that stuff. So when you go to buy X amount of meat, we're going to cut you off because, you know, you're just, we tried to be nice. We tried to get you to listen. It just didn't work. Kind of like how we tried to get you to get the experimental injection, but you didn't want it. So now you're forced. And if you don't get it, you're going to lose your job. That whole trajectory that you just saw play out over the last two years is coming, only it's coming in mega version. Whatever you think you just lived is going to blow up. It's going to blow up. And before you know it, then, you've got central bank digital currencies. You've got banks connected to things. You can't access your money if you're doing something that they don't like. And one thing that was really interesting, when you saw that Tate interview with PBD, you saw him say that when he got cut off by the YouTubes or the TikToks or whatever it was, all of a sudden it was like he couldn't get into his his bank accounts he couldn't get into airbnb uber i mean it was so connected on such a broad scale so just think about that if something were digital and they had your face and they had a, a report of your entire life as it plays out day to day what happens when you misbehave that's the warning sign that's being shouted by people like glenn and being shouted by people like me Okay, there's one last thing I want to touch and then we're going to wrap for today. I did this the other day. Um, former Prime Minister Tony Blair was talking about a digital infrastructure. I just want to play it one more time. This needs to be drilled into your head because we also saw news today that the FDA had come out. As far as I can see, Disclose had this. Let me just make sure that I quote it right. I don't know if I grabbed it the right way, but they came out and said that the FDA was recommending an annual COVID shot. So let's just play this um, from Disclose. This is the last one, Deli, on your list. I'm gonna play it again. I played it the other day, but I didn't have a chance to individually res respond to it. So let's play it. 
you need to know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't been. Some of the vaccines that will come on down the line will be multiple, there'll be multiple shots. So you've got to have, for, for reasons to do with the healthcare more generally, but certainly for uh, a pandemic or for, um, for, for vaccines, you've got to have a proper digital infrastructure. And many countries don't have that. In fact, most countries don't have that. So their you biggest fear, the biggest fear that the World Economic Forum has is that there are going to be people that will not comply. Their biggest fear is your fight for freedom. Their biggest fear is that you will make individual decisions for yourself and you will not follow their orders. So this digital stuff is absolutely key because without it, they can't enforce anything. Without it, they can't mandate that you do something. Without it, they can't control your life. So I don't care if you're talking about carbon emissions and what's safe and effective as far as they are concerned. I don't care if they're talking about an experimental injection, a series of injections, whatever they may be, and what's safe and effective as far as they're concerned. This is not about those individual things. This is about the desire to control you from the outside in. And if they have a digital process whereby they can restrict your movement, your behavior, and your decisions with the click of a button, you are done. You're done. So you better resist this stuff. And it's not conspiracy theory. It's happening already in many places. You already see this, by the way, in places like China. In places like China, in school cafeterias, you have kids that roll up to get their food, and it takes a picture of their face. And it tracks their facial growth and their progress year to year to year. And guess what happens when Mary Jane decides that she doesn't want to do X, Y, and Z? They find her and they make her do it because there's consequences if she doesn't. Do you want to live like that? So that's what we're up against. When we talk about the matrix, people say, oh, dad, who's the matrix? You know, Hunter Avalon was like, oh, it's, what do you think? There's a cabal? This is a group of very powerful people, very well connected to governments, very well connected to pharma, very well connected to other very powerful people that want your life to be theirs. Resist it. Resist it because a lot of y'all didn't resist it last time around and look what happened. Okay. Any more chat? Okay. We're good for today, guys. Thank you so much for being here today. I appreciate it. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. And also, um, I have a special space for stuff that I post. In fact, this morning I was getting ready. People were asking me if I do my own hair and makeup. I was like, yeah, this is not... I don't want to deal with any of that stuff. This is natural like me to you. And I filmed myself in my bathroom. I was like, here, I stuck it on my Locals page. Bila.locals.com is a place you can go to support me. You can go for free and just become a free supporter. You get behind the scenes content from stuff I do before the show, stuff I do after the show. Sometimes there's extra selfies, pictures, stuff from family. Sometimes I'll go live at night just because I'm bored. I want to talk about some stuff with y'all. That is my hub. You can pay as little as $5 a month for extra supporter content. You can pay more if you want. That enables me to guarantee you that you are getting content that is unfiltered, that is uncensored, that no matter what, my projects will hit your ears. So thank you, Bila.locals.com, if you want to be there. It's a cool space anyway. And it's um, Locals is, by the way, owned by the Rumble folks, so it's a free speech zone. Got to support our free speech friends. Thank you so much for being here today. I will be back on Wednesday. Keeping it feisty. Bye.